Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The NBA is back and today we are going to recap the 12 game slate that was the first big day in the NBA calendar and talk about all the fantasy basketball repercussions. Who can we add? Who can we drop? Who should we not overreact to? Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today, it is the first in-season podcast for the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast and YouTube channel. So, uh, welcome to the uh, the in-season uh, structure and format. We're going to be trying to do these um, review podcasts and box score breakdowns every um Thursday my time, Wednesday night your time, because often the Wednesday games of slates, the Wednesday slates are bigger, and there's lots of t- lots for us to talk about, and there's none bigger than today's set of games, which is the first time we've seen 24 NBA teams play, uh, and there is so much to talk about. Now, again, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow me on on Twitter, where is it? Right here. Follow me on Twitter right here so that you can get my instant reaction straight away. I've already tweeted out who I think are the must-add players, who I think uh, are some ones you can, some players you can potentially add. We are obviously going to go into a deeper dive today and my thoughts across many, many different players. But if you want the quick-hitting instant reaction, uh, follow me on Twitter at BallBoysFantasy. And uh, yeah, man, we are, we've got so much to get through today. So we are, I reckon we're just going to get stuck straight into it. So let's pull up the screen here now. We're, we're following all over on uh, ESPN.com over here on their box scores. And we're going to go through each game of today. Uh, we're not going to go through yesterday's game, uh, which was the Lakers and Nuggets and the, um, who am I thinking of? Why am I blanking? So much has happened today. Uh, Warriors and Phoenix. Um, I don't think there was too much to talk about. I did a little bit of a breakdown on my Twitter, so go over to Twitter and check out my thoughts on those sort of players. We will talk about some of the players that I think you maybe need to add later on in the ads and drops sections. Uh, so starting with the Atlanta Hawks versus the Charlotte Hornets. Now, the Atlanta Hawks, we're going to start off with straight away the first big uh, discussion point, and that is Jalen Johnson here, who did not start. He came off the bench, but he played 29 minutes, put up 21.7 rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block, shot nine of 13 from the field, which was uh, very, very good to see. He hit a three. He was two out of four from the free throw line, so 50% there, but looked really, really good. Now, he is someone that I was very high on drafting late. He was, I think, uh, a top three or four player in my players to grab off the waiver wire. I believe his 
upside is very high. I thought there was an outside chance that he started. He didn't in this game, but if we compare him to his other counterparts, the competitors that he's playing against, I guess, for that role is uh, Sadiq Bey, 29 minutes. DeAndre Hunter, 31 minutes. He had 29 minutes. Now, this game was not a blowout. It was a six-point loss to the Hawks. So... He was obviously in there when it mattered. He was a plus eight for the team compared to Bay's negative 12 and Hunter's negative 13. So he was doing some really good things out there for the Hawks. So he, to me, is definitely a must-add player. It will not be this good every day, but he is someone that I do believe has a lot of upside. I've been very big on Jalen Johnson since he was drafted. I believe I had him as like a top eight or nine pick in his draft class. It's taken a little while to um, bear fruit, but... This could be the year that he really blows up, and it would not shock me if, again, this 29-minute-a-night role is his to continue taking. Um, so he is definitely someone that I consider to be a must-add player. He will not shoot 9 of 13 from the field, uh, but he is someone that can get you a steal, a block, rebounds. He can give you assists. He will be efficient, like maybe not 9 of 13 efficient, but he will be someone that can shoot maybe 50% from the field. Um he does have deficiencies when it comes to his free throws, and I don't expect him to hit a three every game, but he is someone that you can't leave on your waiver wire in 10 or 12 team leagues. All leagues, I think he needs to be added. Now, uh, I've had a lot of people asking about who to drop for him. Um, there are some of you that have some crazy good teams um, and are dropping crazy good players. Um, so, again, I can't answer everyone's questions on who to drop for him, but he, in a general rule, needs to be rostered in every single league. The rest of the team, we had uh, Clint Capella. We'll talk about the centers. Clint Capella had 29 minutes to Okongwu's 19. Not the best start to the season for Onyeka Okongwu, but do not panic, in my opinion. I think that it was not expected that Okongwu was going to come out and light the world on fire. Don't panic. I don't believe that this is someone that you should be dropping. We knew that he was going to be slower to start the season. He still shot 60% from the field. Um, you know, a couple of assists, four rebounds, no defensive stats. It's not the best, but again, compared to Capella's negative 19, Okongu was plus 14. So there is reason to believe that at some point this season, that swap will be made. Now, it might take some time. Like we said, when we were drafting him, he was someone that you need to exercise patience for. But these nights are sometimes ones you have to expect. He works better in a punt points or a punt threes or a punt free throw percentage build. Or if you're doing all three, even better. I don't think you should be panicking on Onyeka Okongu. I think there are going to be some nights where he is... He also had five personal fouls as well. So foul trouble was an issue for him in that limited time. So could have potentially played more. So I don't think we should be panicking on Yanyeka Kongwu uh, at this stage. So, yeah, I think he is not someone that I'd be dropping in any 12-team leagues. Probably not even any 10-team leagues yet. Um, it's just one game. Let's give it some more time. Um, the guards, uh, Trey Young did his thing. 23 points, 9 assists. That's awesome. 14 of 15 from the free throw line is what you drafted Trey Young for. That's all good. DeJounte Murray, a little disappointing. Only the two rebounds, no steals. Uh, 11 points, shot poorly from the line. And a thing that you're going to hear from me a lot today is do not overreact to shooting percentages, both good and bad. That is always something that we need to remember that the field goal percentage, the free throw percentage, the three-point percentage, even though it's not a category, is always going to wildly change a player's value and make their line look a lot better or worse than what it otherwise could potentially be. So again, don't worry about DeJounte Murray. The 33 minutes is what we look at. Uh, would love to see him get some more... Um, 
I mean, the usage was up there. He took the second most shots behind Trey Young. Third was uh, Jalen Johnson. But um, I, I think I think it's okay. Don't worry too much about DeJounte Murray. Sadiq Bey, he was solid. Five steals. Don't expect that from him uh, every night. But he hit 15 points, hit a three, two for two from the free throw line, 50% from the field. Again, don't expect that every game. But the fact that he got up 12 shots, uh, I think is encouraging. He is someone that you don't have to have on your team. But if he is floating around your waiver wire and you've got some trash you need to drop, he's not the worst player to have. He probably should be on 12-teamers, uh, but he probably is one of your back-end two or three players. DeAndre Hunter is not someone that you need to have on 12-team leagues. In a 14- or 16-team league, he can be okay. He will be better than this if he stays in the starting lineup and if he continues to get 30 minutes. The usage being down is interesting. Um, four of nine, so not even like an inefficient night. He just didn't get the shots. And if he's not getting the shots, that's all he provides, really. So if he's not getting usage, his value is down the toilet. So again, not someone we need to have in 12 teams. Even in a 14-teamer, he's by no means someone that you need to hold on to. If there's someone better, you can go and add someone and drop him. Um, in a 14-teamer, I'd if there's nothing great out there, I'd look to maybe hold and just wait it out. But yeah, it's not a good sign for him. Um, let's talk about Bogdanovich. 24 minutes for Bogdanovich. For Bogdanovich, three steals is good, four assists is okay, but if he's going to be playing 24 minutes a night, that is not going to be enough for him. So I think that he is another player who is in a 12-team league on the droppable side of things. Not By no means a must-drop, but he is someone that if you have a hot waiver wire, uh, pick up to grab. He's someone I could uh, give permission to drop. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets here got the uh, the six point win, which um, you know is a bit surprising to me, but they did it. Mark Williams was excellent, uh, thirteen points, fifteen rebounds. He had three steals, which is good. A block, uh, shot five of six from the field, three of three from the free throw line. So a great, great start if you've got any Mark Williams shares. The fact that he played thirty minutes, um, Nick Richards play eighteen minutes. Hopefully, a lot of you people weren't worried about that split, but. If you were, here's some evidence to say that you shouldn't have been. Um, the five of six shooting is obviously, he's going to be a good field goal percentage guy. Um, but if that was, you know, three of six or four of six, the line might look a little bit worse. 15 rebounds is obviously awesome. Three steals, won't get that every night, but only one block. You might get more blocks. So overall, what he put up here today, it's not that unsustainable to sort of expect from him moving forward. So I do like Mark Williams, and he's obviously supported us here. PJ Washington had a really nice game, 12 of 18 shooting. Again, don't expect that to stick, but it's good that he got up the 18 shots the most on this team. I tweeted out the other day that the more time goes on that there's less news or no news really of Miles Bridges, the more I actually kind of expect him to just kind of rock up after his 10-game suspension. Um, I know he's got a hearing close to that, you know, return of, um, you know, return of his suspension sort of time. I just feel like if there was going to be more disciplinary acts, they would have at least come out and said something. So this Washington, sorry, this Charlotte Hornets team is always just a bit weird to me because we don't know exactly what's going on with Miles Bridges. I have no idea, but for now, PJ Washington, he was someone that a lot of you should have drafted. If he is, for whatever reason, on your waiver wire, absolutely go and scoop him up. Lamelo Ball, 15, 10, and 6 rebounds. He had a steal. He hit four threes. Uh, three or four from the line could be better. Poor shooting, 4 of 15. But you know that when you drafted Lamelo Ball, hopefully you knew he was going to be a poor player in the field goal percentage. And hopefully you are punting that category in a head-to-head league. He will be better than this. Um, 
But again, the assists, the steals, the threes, the decent rebounds is all what you got him for. So again, nothing to really panic here. Um, Gordon Hayward, let's talk about Gordo. He had 10 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, played 33 minutes, had a steal. Now he is someone who is perennially injured. He is someone who has not been able to put a healthy season together for many years, but... If he's starting and playing 33 minutes, he is someone that probably needs to be added off your waiver wire, and he is on a lot of waiver wires at the moment. Um, so he is definitely someone that you could do worse than having on the back end of your bench. If he gets injured, you just drop him later on. You don't worry about holding him. But he is definitely someone that is worth having on your roster. 33 minutes, and the assists, the uh, the rebounds are solid. He's going to score potentially more than this in the future as well. He is someone that is not exciting. He's not super high upside, but he definitely does deserve a spot on uh, 12-teamers. And Terry Rozier kind of just did his thing. Looks way better playing next to LaMelo than being the primary point guard like he was last year a lot of the time with LaMelo out. So he was good. The rookie, Brandon Miller, 25 minutes, hit 5 of 9, which is better than I thought he would do in his, uh, his debut game. So that's pretty solid. Hit three threes. But the reason I was very down on him being drafted was the MTS uh, rest of the stat line. Three rebounds, two assists, no steals, no blocks. If that five of nine is more like four or three of nine, and it's, you know, one of seven or two of seven, that line looks closer to sort of like 10, three, and two with two threes. It's, it's not really worthwhile. It's not the worst hold because rookies do get better during the, during the season, but I expect that next game he could put up a real dud. Um, so it's okay. It's a decent start for the player, but I think if you want to grab someone hot off the waiver wire, he is someone that by no means needs to be a must hold or anything like that. All right, let's go to the next game, which was my Boston Celtics versus the New York Knicks. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Shaky win, but a dub's a dub. But uh, how about Kristaps Porzingis, the newest member of the... Well, not the newest, actually. Drew Holiday's the newest, but the second newest member of the Boston Celtics. 30 points, hit uh, five threes, four block shots, eight rebounds, no steals, no assists. That's fine. He looked really, really good out there. And... um, yeah, looks uh, was clearly the second best player for the Celtics out on the court tonight, especially in that first half start. I think he had 15 points in the first quarter. Looked really at home. Uh, changes the spacing for the Celtics completely out there. Played 38 minutes. We know depth is going to be an issue for the Celtics this season. So fingers crossed he can stay healthy. But as of right now, amazing, amazing. Um, Jason Tatum did his thing. He looked great. Don't need to talk too much about him. Drew Holiday. Four of ten, uh, one of five from the free from the three point line. Nine points, four rebounds, two assists, and three blocks. No steals. You would have liked to seen some more assists from him, uh, but again, not anything really to do here. Don't need to overreact or anything like that. But it is clear that he's going to see a drop in his usage compared to last season. We hope that those defensive steal numbers and assists come up. I still think that there is potentially opportunity for that to happen, but it is not. Super encouraging. But he did play 35 minutes, so plenty of time. No need to overreact to this. 
I called Jalen Brown my number one bus candidate for category leagues in the preseason, and I don't feel any worse about that call after game one. The biggest thing that I think is a red flag here is four from 11 shooting. He had, the, he had one more shot than Drew Holiday, took fewer shots than a Kristaps Porzingis, um, and we know when he is not scoring, he's not providing elite in other areas. Uh, he had five assists today, but I don't think that that should be expected or the norm for a Jalen Brown. One steal, he can maybe do that every every ball game. Six rebounds and, and, and all that's fine, but if he's not scoring 24, 25 points a night... That's going to be a big, big hit to his value. He was already going higher than he was last season when he did score 26 points a night. So I still feel like Jalen Brown is in for a rough season. And if you drafted him inside the top 40, top 45, expecting those kind of returns, I think you're going to be disappointed this season. It's only one game, but I was already down on Jalen Brown because of the addition of Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis. If he is not clearly the second option on this team, which I have my doubts that he will be you know, it'll be Tatum and Brown head and shoulders above everyone else. I think it's going to be Tatum and then it's going to be Kristaps and Brown and Drew sort of slightly just behind those players. I, I have my concerns about him because his value is so tied up to scoring and points. Didn't hit a three either today. Uh, Derek White, solid. Four of six shooting, so his usage is going to be low. He's not going to be a big point scorer, but two steals, a block, two assists, six rebounds, a three. Uh, all very solid. I think he's more of a around that 100 guy. And the bench for the Celtics, there really is just nothing to see here. Al Horford, if you have him on your team, you can go ahead and drop him. I don't think he's going to be worthwhile. He's kind of a back-end player anyway. He's still going to rest back-to-back, so he's by no means someone you need to hold. Let's talk about the Knicks. Um, let's start with the center mix because we had Mitchell Robinson play 22 minutes to Hartenstein's 26. Both of them had some foul issues. Robinson with four, Hartenstein with five on the game as well. I think that those two are going to be um, up and down on, on, on night-to-night basis. I wasn't super excited to draft Mitchell Robinson. I don't think I got him in any leagues, but he is someone that you're not drafting for his scoring. Six rebounds, two steals is solid. You'd expect him to in future, instead of shooting one for four, probably closer to three or four. So if it was six, six and two steals, uh, you'd expect him to normally get a block or two in there as well. Don't panic, but again, the minutes, Hartenstein pushing up, there, there, there's definitely an argument that there's going to be closer to a split minute this year than it was last year between Hartenstein and Robinson, which kind of makes them both really only just back-end kind of players. If we talk about the wing rotation, so the Grimes, the Hart, the DiVincenzo, and the Quickly minutes, all just taking minutes away from each other. I think if you're going to roster any one of them, it's Emmanuel Quickly. In fact, I think he's Pretty much a must-add, must-roster player. He's in a lot of leagues, but there are some that he is still floating out and around in. But he played 28 minutes, scored 24 points off the bench. He did shoot 7 of 11 from the field. He won't be that good. So instead of 24 points, he's probably closer to something like 15, 16 points per game. But he is someone that I think is going to continue to, in my opinion, um, play more minutes, be more important to this team because... Outside of, you know, your Brunsons and your Randalls and sometimes RJ Barrett, they don't really have that big scoring punch. 
and a player who can really shoot efficiently from the perimeter as well because uh, RJ Barrett and Julius Randle aren't what we call efficient shooters. They are willing shooters, but not efficient, whereas Quickly definitely can be. So I think he is the of that group the clearest um, clearest winner. Josh Hart, you didn't roster him for scoring, but 22 minutes, if that is going to be his role, he will be someone that we might have to drop at some point. I don't know if I'm pulling the trigger just yet, but he is definitely someone I would have to consider and take a hard look at your roster. If he is in like sort of the back, you know, the bottom end of your, you know, worst two to three players, he then needs to be someone to be considered as expendable in that situation because, again... DiVincenzo, I don't think needs to be on way on rosters. You can drop him. Grimes, I think the same thing. He's droppable in twelve team leagues. He who hit threes and shoot, but he's not going to do enough else. And if he's only playing mid twenties in minutes, it's not going to be enough, in my opinion. Um, RJ Barrett, twenty four points and poor from the field. Good from the free throw line. Oh, I nearly said poor from the free throw line, but give the man credit. Six of seven is solid. Eight of 20 is not horrible either from the field. But again, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, zero blocks. For his point scoring, he's fine. It's encouraging he played 36 minutes. I thought they might go away from him. Early signs suggest not at this stage. And I guess a slightly disappointing for Julius Randle's start. But again, we know what to expect with him in terms of percentages. 5 of 22 from the field. 1 of 5 from the free throw line. Gross if you care about either of those percentages. Uh, but 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. He does the counting thing. So points leagues that you know you don't, you don't care, especially for Yahoo points leagues. ESPN, that does hurt. So not as valuable there. Uh, but he could easily go, you know... Uh, 14 of 22 the next game. So it'll be a roller coaster all season long for Randall in that department. All right, let's go to the next game. Where? How can I get to the next game? Oh, it's up here. Washington versus Indiana. A bit of a blowout to this game. And we were all very excited for Bilal Kulabali to start. And he was a popular late round flyer. At least I was saying that you should. He did not start. He played 23 minutes. I think a lot of that was boosted and propped up by garbage time at the end there as well. So he is someone, if you have something better on your waiver wire, he can be cut at this spot. If there's nothing great on your waiver wire, then I don't think it's too bad to hold. I'm usually quite patient with these types of players, but if there is a Jalen Johnson or someone of that kind, he is easily someone you can consider cutting. Even if he was starting and he was playing sort of low 20s a minute, he probably being a young rookie, poor percentages, uh, not a high score, is it, it's probably not going to be worth the wait, I don't think, especially if he's coming off the bench. Three blocks is nice. I don't think we can expect that in that type of minutes moving forward. Uh, yeah, so I think he is someone you can cut. In his place, they started Denny Avdia, who put up 9.7 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. 4 of 8 from the, free th- from the field, 1 of 2 from the free throw line. So pretty solid given the fact that he only played 21 minutes. I think if this wasn't such a blowout, but with that said, there will be a lot of blowouts <laughs> with Washington. Um, I think he might have played more. So here's someone that you could potentially look to add. I would make the switch between Bilal and Denny Avdia if I had the, that as an option. I do think I prefer Denny at this stage because of that starting nod. Um, and I just think he's probably more ready. Um, but I don't think he's someone we should consider a must-add. Troubling signs to me for Daniel Gafford, and you, I've been on the record saying that if Daniel Gafford plays 30 minutes, he's going to be a top 70, top 60 player, but I always considered the risk with him being this year's Jalen Smith because I don't think he's very good, and 
despite having not many centers behind him, they played Mike Muscala eight minutes, but they also played Danilo Gallinari a lot of minutes at center as well. So he only got the 21 minutes, and I don't think that garbage time would have even got him much higher. Maybe he would have capped out at, you know, 25. He had five personal fouls. So, again, with him, it's 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 something that you can sort of say to this game and go, okay, yes, he is, um, like, he would have played more if he didn't have foul trouble. But that's something that he's going to be in a lot. He's going to be in foul trouble a lot. So, it's not super encouraging for me. You don't do anything silly or anything like that. He might be a kind of player that I think if he gets a good run of games um, that maybe you can look to sell high on later and point to this game as a foul trouble issue. But I don't know. One game sample size, but so far I was nervous about him just being a good player and not playing enough minutes because he's not that good of a player. You get one game in, that concern is supported. But again, don't do anything crazy. He's still obviously a hold in my opinion. I don't know if that's obvious, but I definitely would hold him. He shot 100%, two blocks, five rebounds. That's still that's still useful. Uh, Kyle Kuzma got his shots up efficiently as well. Nine of 18, 50% from the field for 25 points. Two rebounds, zero assists, zero steals is concerning. You would like to see him get some more rebounds at least. And he is someone that in the past has shown an ability to pass, but none of that today. Jordan Poole, 18 points. 7 of 18 from the line for... Oh sorry, 7 of 18 from the field. So not super efficient, but not that 1 for 15 game in the preseason. 5 assists. He didn't hit a single 3. So again, if he if he goes 2 of 6 from the 3-point line, you're looking at someone who's put up 24 points with 2 threes, 5 assists, a steal, 80% from the free-throw line. I think he will be much better moving forward. Hopefully they can keep close within at least a few games this season. Uh, and Tyus Jones had a really, really solid showing. Tw- uh, 16 points, 6 assists, a steal, a block, shot efficiently, um, hit two threes, all very solid. I think that that is a good start for Tyus Jones um, moving forward. So I think uh, not much to do really there. And again, with the fact that this game was a blowout, there's a few things that are a bit all over the shop here. Tyrese did his thing, 11 assists, that's nice. Miles um, Turner, again, Minutes are all low for these guys. So 23 minutes here, 19 for top. And I expect all of these guys would play more in, in the future. But this game was a bit of a blowout. Benedict Matherin played his 26 minutes. Um, you know, got to the free throw line four times, hit all four of those. The encouraging thing, though, two steals, five assists, 18 points. I think he is someone that needs to be added if he is on your waiver wire. Um, because, again, those 26 minutes are 31, 32 that 18 points can be 22, 23. And if those assists and steals are real, he is someone who could really rock it up ranking. So I think that he is someone that definitely needs to be added if he's out there. Obi Toppin kind of did his thing. I still have concerns about his overall game, but he should be efficient and score a little bit, hit some threes, maybe get some rebounds. So he's fine as a back-end 12-teamer for now. And there really just isn't a lot else to talk about. Buddy Heald played 25 minutes, but again, went 5 of 9 from the field, 4 of 7 from the three-point line. I don't know if he's going to remain a must-roster player moving forward, but for now, obviously, you hold him and you ride this out. He was decent enough here, 14 points, 5 assists, a steal and a block, hit four threes. That's the kind of Buddy Heald you would expect. Um... So, okay, for now, it's, it's, it's a W for Buddy Heald, uh, but just we'll watch this situation moving forward. 
All right, let's go to the next game, Houston versus Orlando. Another blowout here. So, again, some minutes were lower. Freddie Van Vliet, though, his minutes weren't low. 34 minutes, uh, 14 points, 8 assists, 1 rebound, 1 steal. Obviously, we know what we're getting with him in terms of poor field goal percentage, but uh, a little bit disappointing for him. I think you know you would expect or, or want a bit more in terms of the rebounds and defensive stats, maybe a little bit more scoring, but... No free throw attempts is slightly concerning, uh, but I wouldn't panic too much at this stage. Jabari Smith, to me, when I was watching parts of this game, he looked very active to me. It didn't really translate to um, good fantasy stats, but I wouldn't panic or anything on him just yet. Um, had the steal, uh, but only seven points, five rebounds and assists. Missed all his threes. I think he'll be better. Um, so I wouldn't panic there. Again, bit of a blowout, so his minutes were lower than you would think. Shengun. Six assists is nice. You know, efficient from the field. Um, of all their starters, I think he probably looked the best. Him and Fred Van Vliet probably looked the best in terms of, um, you know, bringing good on-court presence and good production. So I think of those starters, those two are probably the safest in terms of fantasy value. Off the uh, off the bench, not really too much to see here. Amen Thompson, eight points, five rebounds, two assists, no defensive stats, which is concerning. Um, and he was a negative 34 when he was on the line. Now, obviously, today was a good example to remember that rookies will be rookies, and they often have highs and lows, lots of lows at the start of the season. So we're going to talk about some very popular rookies later. Remember, they will be bad at the start of the season, but I still think you need to be patient. So I don't think I'd be dropping a Men Thompson after one bad game, although his pathways to minutes is harder than a lot of other guys. So I don't think he's a must-hold guy. If there's a really... Like, if there's Jalen Johnson and, and a men's your worst player, go and get Jalen and drop a man. But if it's just kind of trash on your waiver, I, this is where I hold and I lean more on the side of upside and just wait things out a little bit more, okay? Because it, I always think if... Don't drop a player that you think you might regret dropping for someone who's just okay at this stage. This is where I will want to be a bit more patient unless there's one of those clear must-add guys on your waiver wire. Orlando Magic were really good and Franz Wagner is really good. Scored 19 points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal. Um, you know, hit three threes, all six of his free throws. Again, the line doesn't look super eye-catching, but I think he's going to be really good this season. I really like some of the um, three-point shots he made off the dribble today. I think that's going to be a way that he's going to get better. My thing for Franz being an improver this season was getting more attempts at the free-throw line and hitting more threes. And we saw that today. Six of six from the free-throw line, three of seven from the three-point line. Um, So seven attempts for him from three is really encouraging. I think that that is actually underrated. And again, the line doesn't look amazing, but in 27 minutes, I think that he is someone that has a chance to really break out this season. Paolo was quiet in terms of his usage, only six field goal attempts. I don't think we should expect that moving forward, but six of seven from the free throw line, that's something to monitor. If he can fix both of his percentages, then he is a massive riser in fantasy value. I don't think that I would expect the free throws to be suddenly fixed, but again, he was like a 70% guy. If that can be like 78, 79, then that's closer to sort of bang on average. And that's a huge shift in his value. I'm more confident in his field goal percentage being better because of his size and frame and ability to get to the rim. 
So, again, only six field goal attempts is quite curious when you've got someone like Jalen Suggs taking 12. I think that the Orlando Magic, I know they won today, and by a fair bit, they'll probably look to correct that moving forward. Um, But encouraging signs from the percentages for Paolo. Wendell Carter um, was solid-ish, actually kind of bad. Four from 10 uh, from the field is not what we want to see. Didn't hit a single three, but um, two steals, eight rebounds. Look, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna blow you away, but I do think he is someone that's gonna be solid. Markel Fultz, three steals, only two assists. This game, they didn't really need to to play make, and there's not many eye catching numbers here. The Houston Rocks were just really bad, to be honest. So again, in terms of value to be gained, I don't think there's too much. One we need to talk about though is Jalen Suggs. He did start, played 21 minutes. I don't think if you again, if there's anyone hot to wait, uh, grab off your waiver wire. Suggs is someone that you don't have to hold on to, but again, I think I'm personally holding on holding on to him a little bit more. He looked confident with his shot. Attempting seven threes for him is an encouraging sign. He will be someone who hurts your field goal percentage. There's no way around that. But again, he took the equal most amount of shots in this game between Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, and himself. No defensive stats or steals to, or assists today. That will be different. That will change. Um, so whilst the line is bad, it's not a good performance. There are signs I think that you could take out of this that are encouraging. 21 minutes, again, blowout in this game. That could easily be 26, 27 minutes. Um, and I think in certain teams that can be useful. The only other really player that I want to talk about here was Cole Anthony, who in 24 minutes uh, scored 20 points, eight rebounds, two assists, no defensive stats. But he did also, again, shoot eight from 12 from the field. Unrealistic to expect that from him. But he is someone who can give you some assists. He can score a little bit. He can shoot threes. He's going to be efficient from the free throw line. So he does have a place in 12 teamers, in my opinion. So he is someone that, again, if you can use some points, threes, assists, um, and live with the poor field goal percentage, no real defensive stats either. He is someone that you could definitely consider adding in certain scenarios if he fits what you need. The rest of the team, I'm not too concerned about. Jonathan Isaac, I'm not getting excited. Um, yeah, you're not sucking me in, Jono. All right, let's go to Cleveland, who just narrowly beat the Brooklyn Nets by one point. And I'll start with my boy here, Evan Mobley. It's disappointing. It's not what we wanted the start of the season to look like, but 10 points, six rebounds, assists, and two blocks. Um, I would have liked more, definitely. I would have liked the rebounds to be higher, but Max Struess just came in and said, give me all the rebounds, boys. Don't think we can expect that moving forward. I think that's going to be better. Don't panic. The two blocks is good. He not he didn't even shoot too poorly. I expect that to be better than 5 of 11. What I want to see, though, is the field goal attempts go up, and that is the slightly concerning thing to me when you're shooting one more shot than Isaac Okoro. You're shooting six fewer attempts than someone like a Max Struess. You didn't take a single free throw. I want to see that go up a bit higher. And I think it will eventually. Again, it's a one-game sample size, but so far, not the great start that we want for Evan Mobley. Um, Donovan Mitchell did his thing. Four steals is always encouraging. His thing for the last couple of seasons has been the steal numbers have been up at like one and a half per game, which weren't there the previous few seasons, but... So far, so good. So far, so good on that front and took the highest amount of shots on this team. Max Struess, let's talk about him. 39 minutes is the big thing that we should look at, but 
27 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block. He hit seven threes, went seven of 13 from three-point line. He is someone that I'm not going to label a must-add player despite this incredible performance. It's obviously a great, great game. I don't think that this is realistic for us to expect. Um, He shot over 50% from the field, over 50% from three. That is just not going to continue. And I really have a lot of doubts he's going to get 12 rebounds every night. So, um, yes. He is someone that you can sure grab. And if you want some threes, go ahead. At least he's taking a lot of shots. That's fine. He can be a three-point guy if you need. But I don't think he is going to be someone that I need to consider a must-add player as what I typically cut off as like a top 100 player. I don't think that Struess is going to be that. But great game. Absolutely not taking anything away from him. Uh, Karis Levert played 31 minutes, 11 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, a steal, and a block. Murdered your field goal percentage though, but you kind of you know need to expect that with a player like Levert. He is fine to have in certain teams if you need those popcorn stats. Um, Garland kind of just did his thing. Um yeah, so not too much to talk about there. Brooklyn Nets. Let's talk. Should we talk? Let's talk the starters first. So, uh, Claxton, he three blocks, four assists, seven rebounds, all good. Three of ten from the field, not so good. Again, no need to panic. That's not going to be happening. He's more of a 60% player. So, if that, again, is six out of ten, um, you whack on another six points. He goes 13, seven, four, and three blocks. Great. You're looking awesome. So, not, nothing to worry about for Claxton. Bridges, again, really solid. Three steals is nice. If he can keep up those defensive stats, he can prove me wrong as someone who I said is a bit of a bust where he was being drafted in the second round. We'll have to wait and see on that. Efficient. Love the free throw attempts. That's good. Uh, Cam Johnson kind of just did his thing. Two steals. Uh, one of four from three. So, again, he might hit another three in other games. That's all fine. Ben Simmons. Let's talk Benny Simmons. 23 minutes is the thing that catches my eye the most here. Only had the two fouls. Um, but the line itself is not bad, right? 10 rebounds, 9 assists, a block. Again, you never drafted him for threes. You never drafted him for points or anything like that. Two of four, uh, six from the field is not ideal. But if he makes one more shot and goes 50%, 6, 10, and 9, 50% field goal, you'd expect him to get some steals. I don't think it's anything to worry about, but I am watching those minutes because that is not enough for him to be someone who's super valuable. He probably needs closer to 28, 29 minutes per night. And same with Spencer Dinwiddie. He is someone that I think... I think, again, if you had one of those hot waiver wire guys, Jalen Johnson, um, you know, he's always the guy, Derek Lively, or one of those types on your waiver wire, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is someone you could drop to grab one of those guys. He's not someone I think I would drop just yet on, you know, grabbing someone who I don't see having high upside or a sustained value. Like, I don't know if I'd drop Spencer Dinwiddie to get a Max Struess. I don't think I would do that just yet, but 24 minutes... Three shot attempts for Dinwiddie. It's concerning. It absolutely is concerning. Um, and he's not a particularly strong fantasy player anyway with his poor efficiency, low defensive stats, no rebounds. Um, and Ben Simmons being here, being the primary playmaker for this team, definitely does hurt him. Because he came over to Brooklyn last year and started putting up assists for fun. Uh, but that was with Ben Simmons out. So he is definitely on thin ice. 
think I'd give him another game. But again, if you want to make a waiver wire ad, he is someone that I would probably consider potentially expendable depending on what you have on your team. Let's talk Cam Thomas. Um, 36 points. He had the most shot attempts of the entire team today. 13 of 21. uh, 8 of 11. The fact that he did this in game one of the NBA season when your team is completely healthy, um, it's not like he was suddenly thrown into a starting uh, role. He played 25 minutes. Is he a must-add player? I don't think I would label him must-add, but he definitely is someone that if you want scoring, you go and add him. I've gone and added him already in a 14-team league where I'm looking for scoring and I'm punting the field goal percentage. I've added him in in a league like that. And I am not a big Cam Thomas fan, but when you are taking over 10 field goal attempts more than the next highest player on your team, I think that we need to pay attention to that. And again, the free throw attempts, he went 8 of 11, which again is not fantastic, but he's normally a better free throw percentage guy and he is good at getting to the line. The rest of the game is not going to be there. He's never going to be a guy that gets steals or blocks or rebounds or even gets many assists either. But scoring getting to the free throw line, hitting threes is valuable. It's kind of like, you know, the Benedict Matherin kind of uh, build and that has use in standard leagues. So again, I think he's not quite must add because he doesn't fit every team, but he is someone that definitely you can go and have a look at as someone who, you know, probably should be on 12 team rosters. It just might not necessarily need to be your team. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and how the minutes go between Simmons, Dinwiddie, um, and Cam Thomas and the shot attempts amongst those players as well. Very interesting to see just how many shots he got in this, in this team. All right, let's go to Detroit and Miami. Close game here. Miami wins by one point. Let's start with the rookie, Asar Thompson. How about five blocks on your debut for Essentially, your small forward shooting guard um, murdered your field goal. But again, we I hope you listened, but we knew that he was going to be bad at both field goals, free throws, and he wasn't going to score. But seven rebounds, three assists, five blocks. I would expect the steals to start coming as well. He hit a three. So again, he's going to be good if you can absorb that poor efficiency from the field and the free throw line. The free throw line, I don't expect to be on high attempts. So there's at least that going for him. But again, yeah, the the field goal percentage is going to be rough. It might improve as the season goes on. And he, to me, is still a must roster player. Isaiah Stewart had a solid game. 14 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, no steals or blocks there. Shot efficiently, hit two threes. Look, he's a guy you can have. I have him again in that same 14-team league, and obviously I'm holding on to him. I'm encouraged, but it could very easily go away. What we do like, though, is 35 minutes um, and the 14 boards, whilst Durant also had his 14 boards as well, are very encouraging. Speaking of Jalen Durant, this man's a monster. Uh, he is. He's going to be really good, guys. He is. I've said this so many times. He is a freaking teenager. Seventeen points, fourteen rebounds, four assists, four blocks, eight of eleven from the field. Yes, he hit one of three from the free throw line. That's always going to be his negative. Um, but this guy's good, man. He is good. And if you got him in the eighties or nineties, you could have a real steal on your hands. I'm very, very high on Jalen during thirty-two minutes. He had four fouls. Um, 
but just really, really, really good. I think he's going to be a force this season. And uh, in Dynasty, I'm, I'm really excited for what he can do. Cade Cunningham, speaking of being a force, 30 points, 9 assists, a steal, a block. Was efficient, 13 of 27 from the field, 4 of 9 from the three-point line. I would have liked to see him get to the free-throw line a little bit more. Well, he didn't get there at all. So this can be even better, really. Um, It's not unrealistic to, to expect him to play this well, I think, on a regular basis. Like, it's not coming from crazy, out of this world shooting. Um, it's, you know, 36 minutes. The usage is going to be there. 27 shots. And the next highest was Killian Hayes at 12 shots. Um, yeah, his usage is going to be sky high this season. And he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And there was some troubling signs in the preseason, but I don't think I ever really bought it. Um, was happy. I had him as a second round player. I was happy to draft him in the third. And it's a good start for that. So, yeah, good start for Ben Sorry, not Ben Simmons. Uh, um, Cade Cunningham. On the bench, not too much to talk about except for Jaden Ivey. 17 minutes. That is very concerning. Um, 17 minutes and you didn't even have Bojan Bogdanovic. Like Killian Hayes played 31. That's very, very concerning. I think you would have to consider him a droppable player. I'd love to give these guys more time because we saw him go really well at the end of last season. But again, it was without Cade Cunningham. And if they're going to play Killian Hayes ahead of him and Bojan Bogdanovic is not even there, he has his issues when it comes to field goal percentage and free throw percentage. He's not a great steals and blocks guy. I think he's someone you could consider dropping. Um, I think he's going to be better than this. Let me be clear. I think he's going to be better than what these stats suggest. And I don't think he stays at 17 minutes, but... We need him at like 30 plus minutes per night. And if this is the first indication that we have, it's more more likely than not he's going to be like a mid-20s guy. And to me, for Jaden Ivey, that is not enough. So he is definitely someone that you could consider dropping. I like to give these guys more time. But again, if you've got someone you want to add, I think it is okay to move on from him if you're picking up someone nice. Uh, let's talk about the Miami Heat and Kevin Love, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Could be a sneaky guy if you need those boards late. Played 28 minutes. Um, so that is something to monitor. I don't think he's uh, for everyone. But again, 28 minutes for Kevin Love. He can do some damage in that time, especially, again, for those of you that need rebounds. Let's talk about uh, Kyle Lowry, who stunk it up. He absolutely stunk it up. One field goal attempt, he shot the ball once, he missed it, so he had no points, two assists, two steals, two rebounds, a block. That's not going to cut the mustard. Um, so, yes, you can move on from Kyle Larry if he's on your team, even probably in the 14-team league, I think. You don't have to roster him. Uh, Jimmy Butler had 19 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, two steals, um, seven of nine from the free throw line, as he does, 33% from the field. So he could even have had a better game. So that is just Jimmy being Jimmy. Um, and Bam Adebayo, 32 minutes, 22, eight and three assists, two blocks, no steals. I wonder how long Kyle Lowry stays in that starting group if that's the way he's going to play. And if someone like a Caleb Martin, who only played 20 minutes, he didn't light the world on fire either. But if Kyle Lowry's literally providing nothing for you, 
at his age and lack of defense, I'd have to think that his days as a starter aren't too long. And I think that that can have a positive effect on someone like a Bam in terms of his assist numbers. No one cleared more than four assists on this team for the game, which is interesting. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, obviously you can drop him. Tyler Hero, 16 points, three steals, three assists, seven of 24. So again, poor shooting, but he can definitely be better. Don't count on the steals. Um, Yes, so all that is good. Disappointing for Caleb Martin. So if you have him in a 14-team league draft, 20 minutes is not going to cut it. So yes, you can drop him in a 14-team league to make another ad. Thomas Bryant, disappointing that he got the backup minutes over an Orlando Robinson. I think that that could flip at some point this season, but... For my 30-team league, that is not what we wanted to see. Uh, but yes, that was the Miami Heat. So yeah, a bunch of weird stuff going on in that game, in my opinion. Um, both those teams we need to monitor moving forward. Let's go to Toronto. Continue the close games. Let's talk about Anthony Edwards. Was incredible. 26 points, 14 rebounds. He was inefficient, 8 of 27 from the line. The good news is, though, he hit 6 out of 6 free throws. So the thing for him has always been the efficiency. So let's monitor the free throws. And obviously, the field goal percentage is poor. He did hit four threes. Um, No defensive stats, which he was really good at getting last season. Uh, he was by far the best player on this team. He was the only one not in the negatives in the bl- uh, plus minus on uh, the starters. So I uh, probably did all he can. Uh, you would like to see more yeah, defensive stats. And again, that field goal percentage will be better on some nights, but it is something that's going to be dictating basically how he does in a nine category setting. So hopefully you're either having him in a team where you're punting the field goal percentage or he's going to punt free throw team where your team is already really good at field goal percentage and you don't. It's not going to really, really hurt you uh, a lot. Towns did his thing. 19 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 4 blocks. Both he and Gobert had 4 blocks, so that's encouraging. Gobert's blocks really dried up last season, as did Towns, so off to a good start here. Again, one game sample size, so let's just monitor this situation. Towns, I'm sorry, Gobert had a good game as well. 2 steals, 4 blocks, 13 rebounds, 15 points, 50% from the field. Great start for him. Um... The Raptors were very up and down and very um, erratic when watching this game. So I think a lot of those uh, rebounds and blocks and things like that maybe weren't the most, I don't know, hardest earned (laughs) defensive stats in the world, but uh, obviously a good start moving forward uh, nonetheless. Nas Reed, 24 minutes with him. So they they ran a a nine-man rotation with the ninth man, Troy Brown, only playing five minutes. So... If that's going to be a regular thing, then Nas Reed is definitely someone that in a 14-team league you should probably have on your team. He's definitely an add in that kind of a format. In a 12-team league, you don't have to have him, but he's definitely at least on your watch list. I don't know if I believe that they're going to run that tight of a rotation every night. Sometimes these weird things happen on opening night, but definitely interesting to watch that rotation. And remember, Jaden McDaniels was not in this team, not playing tonight. So if you add him in, then you've got 30 minutes to kind of give to him. And, and it probably does take away, you know, Kyle Anderson's minutes, Nas Reed's minutes and things like that. So I don't think he's a 12 team must add. You could have a look at him, but just remember that Jaden McDaniels wasn't playing tonight. 
on the Toronto Raptors side. My guy, and I say my guy ironically because I poo-pooed him a few times, but he is on a few of my fantasy teams. Scotty Barnes brought the defensive stats. Five blocks, two steals, eight rebounds, five assists is all excellent. He tore apart your percentages, though. Uh, Six of 16 from the field, four of six from the free throw line. Um, He had four turnovers, so there's some good and bad in there. I like how active he was on the defensive side of the court, and we did see a lot of that in the preseason, him racking up some more defensive stats. So if he can start doing that more, then there is a lot of upside and hope for him. And if he can get to like 1.2 steals, 1.1 block, one block per game, then that is a big key for his value because I do expect that field goal percentage to be better. Uh, again, fl- played fairly erratically at times uh, watching a bit of this game. OG Ananobi was good. 20 points, two steals, three blocks, uh, six rebounds, an assist, hit four threes. To me, he was the best player for the Raptors in today's game pretty comfortably um, just in terms of how he impacted the floor. They just looked a lot better with him out there and his shooting ability especially. Um, Schroeder had a great game, so if you drafted him late, that's a really, really good start. 22 points, seven uh, assists. I don't expect him to be going four of eight from the three-point line a lot and... Yeah, so the 22 points, I think, is maybe a bit of fool's goal, but definitely encouraging to see him play as well as he did. The seven assists is nice. So definitely a must-add player if he's somewhere on your waiver wire. Pascal Siakam, a little bit disappointing. 15, 7, and 6. If you took him in the top 30, you'd hope for a bit more than that. I think this is more along the lines of what I expected from Pascal Siakam. He did shoot 5 of 17 from the field, so he will be better than that in terms of an efficiency point of view, but did hit five, uh, three or five threes, which again, you could say that that comes down. So all in all, okay, whilst being inefficient. Uh, but again, nothing to really suggest to me that he's worth that top 30 pick that a lot of people spent on him. And then the bench for the Raptors is a whole lot of nothing. 27 minutes for Gary Trent Jr. I don't think he's worth it, man. Um, a steal, a block... He hit a three. He'll shoot better. So two of eight from the field and one of four from the line. So if he hits one more three, it's eight, two, and a steal with two threes. I just don't think it's good enough. I I really don't think it's good enough. I think that, again, with threes being so abundant and so streamable, steals being the same, and they're his two biggest things, I don't really think Gary Trent is worth it. He's not someone you have to drop because the minutes were still decent enough at 27 and maybe he gets more usage moving forward. But I don't think he's someone that you have to absolutely hold uh, above other players. He is expendable to me. And again, there's not really much else. I'm not too excited about Precious Achua getting 24 minutes and going 8-8 eight and eight, uh, with nothing else. Um, so nothing really else to see here. Jakob Pertl, we'll talk about him. 7 points, 11 rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. Hit all his uh, field goal attempts and missed 3 out of his 4 free throws. That's... Nearly as typical as a Yucca Pertle line as you'll see, but he is still someone in a punt free throw percentage build I think is very, very valuable. All right, we are still getting there's a lot of games to talk about here, guys. Sorry if this is a long one, but we've got lots to cover here. OKC and Chicago. OKC. Um, Chet Holmgren, let's talk about him first. 25 minutes for him, had three fouls. I didn't watch this game, so I don't know if those fouls came early and limited his time. Someone drop in the comments section below if you did watch this game and when those fouls occurred and if that was a limiting factor for him, only playing 25 compared to the other starters. I'd have to think it was. 11 points, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, and no blocks. 
He was efficient, so again, don't panic. It could be a buy low mark because people don't like him because he's skinny, but again, I wouldn't panic too much. Um, Jalen Williams did his thing, 16 points on efficient shooting, 5 of 11, hit two threes, both all four of his free throws, got a steal, solid, um, kind of what I expected from him. Shea picked up right where he left off. Uh, one thing I do want to point out here, though, 5 of 5 from the free throw lines, the the efficiency is fine. It's the five attempts that I'm drawing my attention to. He was all world last season when it came to free throws, getting 11 attempts per game and hitting you know 90% of them. Um, and if even that just comes down a little bit, it's a huge change to his value. He obviously played amazing here, but I am just monitoring those free throw attempts. But 66% from the field, 12 of 18, that's amazing. Uh, two blocks for your guard. Really, really good. Giddy was nice as well. Um, shot efficiently, 50%, hit two threes, no free throws, which is probably a good thing for him. Uh, six rebounds, six assists, no defensive stats, but he's not really going to provide much of that for you. Lou Dort, nothing really to see here. The two steals and a block, I wouldn't pay too much attention to. He's not someone we need to worry about in uh, 12 team leagues. For deeper leagues, I'm watching Kaysen Wallace. I like what he could potentially do. He hit 5 of 5 from the field today, 3 of 3 from the three-point line, and he is someone that I have believe could eventually take over Lou Dort's position, and they go with like a three-guard lineup, but because you've got Josh Giddy, who's six foot eight, and, you know, Wallace is a good defender, he can guard up, Shea's long and big as well, that they can do those kind of things. I don't know how long it's going to take to happen. It might not happen this season, but he is someone, especially in a deeper format, I would be keeping an eye on him. I picked him up before the start of the season in the Ball Boys Championship 30 League. And so far, I like what I've seen. I think that has the potential for him to get some steals and assists. And if he can shoot efficient like this, again, it's not going to be this good, but if he can be efficient enough, it's something just to monitor in deeper leagues. Um, Over on the Chicago Bulls side, Patrick Williams, you can drop him. Um... I think there's enough waiver wire guys out there that if they're out there, you can go and grab him. I liked him as a fly because of his role, and he's a young player that has upside. And I still kind of believe that. He played 30 minutes, but he just, I don't know, man. It just doesn't do it, really. Like, eight points, four assists, three rebounds, two steals. Look, there's something there. If he hits another three, 11, four, two steals, it's not horrible. So he's, again, not someone you have to drop, but is expendable if you need to grab someone hot off the waiver wire. Um, so, yes. Nikola Vucevic, huh? Eight rebounds. Eight, eight, sorry, not eight rebounds. Or nine rebounds. Eight field goal attempts. That's interesting. I remember someone being a bit low on him in the preseason. Now, I am not taking a victory lap. Let's get this straight. But, obviously, three steals, two blocks, four assists. Great. It's a great line. But, Vooch is not going to be giving you three steals and two blocks every night. I feel pretty confident with that. My biggest thing and the only thing that I changed from him last season was the efficiency from the field and the field goal attempts. Now, he went five of eight from the line, so uh, from the field. It's efficient, it's good, but it's low volume. He was the lowest out of all the starters. Levine, White, DeRozan, Patrick Williams all put up more shots than he did. So... If you are in a league and someone thinks that he's a top 30, top 40 player, I mean, you're speaking to me, I've thought this the entire time, but I still think that he's someone you can maybe sell high on. So the steals, the blocks, oh, he's super efficient. Um, 
I think that I nothing here changes my mind on Vucevic. I think that he is someone that is overrated in fantasy basketball because he played 82 games last season. Kobe White, we need to talk about him. He is a must-add player in my opinion, especially if you're a team that is punting the field goals or you can deal with the field goals. Uh, 14 field goal attempts. Um, got up seven threes, five of six from the free throw line, four assists. He will not give you defensive stats. He will probably not rebound all that well and he will be poor from the field. But a starting point guard that's playing 31 minutes Getting up that many shots on a team next to DeRozan and Levine needs to be added, in my opinion, um, and you figure out the rest later. The rest of this team, Levine kind of did his thing. DeRozan did his thing. You'd hope he hits his free throws a bit better, but there's not too much else to talk about with this squad. Yeah, uh, two steals from Caruso in 20 minutes. Super exciting. Everyone else is kind of not 12-team relevant. Let's keep it going over to... New Orleans and Memphis, and Zion did Zion things, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, no defensive stats. We had a little bit of hope that defensive stats were coming after the preseason. Again, one sample size, but he did Zion things, didn't get hurt, which is a good thing. Brandon Ingram did Brandon Ingram things, plus he got two steals, which you don't always see, so a solid game for him. Herb Jones, 38 minutes, extremely encouraging, a steal, a block. Uh, three assists, eight rebounds. Definitely someone you can have on your roster as a 12-team league guy. I'm encouraged by Jonas Valanciunas playing 29 minutes. That's to me, is the biggest thing to look at. Now, Larry Nance was questionable, I think, coming into this game. He had a few injury concerns. So I'm going to still continue to monitor the situation where it comes to those two splitting minutes and whether or not it's just Nance kind of coming back into the NBA and getting himself into shape or you know easing himself back in after having a bit of an injury. But 29 minutes for Valanciunas to Nance's 15 is encouraging. And I was down on Valanciunas because of the low minutes that he had compared to Nance when Zion was healthy. Obviously, Zion was healthy in this game and Valanciunas nearly played 30 minutes. And 12 and 12 is obviously useful with good efficiency from both the field and the free throw line. It's classic Jonas Valanciunas stats there. But um, so far, so good. Let's monitor and see if Nance's minutes move up. If they do, it could be potentially a sell high if we can get a couple of games banked in with Jonas Valanciunas playing those higher minutes. Um, CJ played 37 minutes, 24 points, 6 assists, 2 steals, 4 rebounds. Efficient. Hit both his free throws, 6 threes. Great game from CJ. Um, Maybe a bit of a sell-high moment. I don't know if many people are buying after one game, but... Uh, yeah, really good game for him. On the Memphis Grizzlies side, poor game from Jaron Jackson Jr., 2 of 9 from the field. Um, I'm not as worried about the field goal percentage, but more than 9 field goal attempts. He played 36 minutes, though, so that to me is the super encouraging thing because he was like a top 12 player in 30 minutes a night last year. Um, so him playing 36 minutes despite also having 5 fouls in a weird way is encouraging. I don't think we should overreact to him only having eight points. He had five blocks, three assists, hit all, uh, missed all five of his threes as well. Um, I do think he'll be better, and I do think that they will probably find a way to get him more involved in the offense, being the fact that they lost this game. 
Xavier Tillman must roster player. I was on the side of Santi Aldama as being the priority pickup, but obviously he got injured before they even played a game. So he got 34 minutes in this game and looked amazing. He was really, really good. We've never doubted his ability to um, put up good stats when he plays. He's a great steals guy for a big. Uh, he's efficient. I don't think he's going to get 16 field goal attempts most game. In fact, I could almost guarantee it. Um, in fact, do I still have... What's this? Yeah, we'll, we'll throw one of these ones on there. I guarantee he will not average 16 field goal attempts. So, um, he's by he's a must-add player, must-roster player in every league. But temper your expectations that I don't think it's going to be this good moving forward. Santi Aldama was out. Um, and again, the field goal attempts, I don't think are going to be that good. But great start. Great player to have. Must-roster. Must uh, Zaya Williams is not. He played 29 minutes. And this is just kind of what he does. Even if he plays 30 minutes a night, I don't necessarily think he is a must-add guy. He's kind of like a DeAndre Hunter-type player where he scores and does nothing else. Um, so he's not someone I think we really need to worry about. Desmond Bain, amazing game. I was lower on Bain. I still think he's going to be great when Jar is going to be out. Um but Jar will be coming back, so this is great for him at the start. And Marcus Smart did his thing. Uh, you'd want more assists from him, but again, uh, 17-3 with two steals, hit two threes, solid field goal percentage, which is nice for him. Missed three free throws. would hope he does better than that in the future. The rest of this team, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. You know, David Roddy, Zaire Williams, Len- uh, Luke Kennard, none of those guys uh, need to be on 12-team leagues. Let's keep it rolling, guys. This is going to be a monster, monster podcast. What game are we up to next? We're up to Sacramento and Utah. Demontis Sabonis, 22-12-5, one steal, two blocks, 8-14 from the field. Great, great start. Excellent, excellent game. And how about my boy, and I, I definitely say that loosely because he's not my boy, Harrison Barnes, 33 points, 11 of 16 from the field, 5 of 7 from the three-point line, a monster performance. And it would not shock me if tomorrow he is the most added player off the waiver wire. Should you? No. (laughs) Don't, Don't do it. Look, he is perfectly capable of putting up about the top 150th ranked player this season. And this is obviously a great game. He will not shoot this much. He will not shoot this well. And even in a game where he played solid four rebounds, two assists, and a steal, it's just not going to get it done. So you might look at this line, and if you're new to fantasy basketball, you go, Harrison Barnes, let's go and get him. Don't fall into the trap. Do not fall into the trap of Harrison Barnes. Uh, in a deeper league, he's fine. He's going to play minutes. So in a 14, 16-team league, he's fine to have. But in a 12-team, I don't, actually don't think I'd bother. Uh, Keegan Murray, 15 points, eight rebounds, a steal, and two blocks. Defensive stats for Keegan Murray. Is this is this college Keegan Murray coming back? Too early to tell, obviously, but um, encouraging. Played 30 minutes, which was good. Fox, 18, 5, and 6 with a steal and a block. The efficiency was down, and a thing that I was saying about Darren Fox is that last year he shot like 51% from the field. Don't think we can expect that from him this season. He's not going to be this bad, but it is a reminder that he obviously had a little bit to fall compared to last year's value. But again, five assists, uh, sorry, six assists, five rebounds, a steal and a block, and still hit 18 points despite shooting poorly is encouraging. Uh, we don't need to be worrying about Sasha Vezenkov. He um, you know, played well, three of six, two of five from three, hit eight points, two steals, but nothing else. Don't worry about him. And Kevin Huerta... 
don't need to worry about him either. 24 minutes despite starting. Malik Monk cut into his time. You know, Chris Duarte, who was potentially going to start 15 minutes. There's just a whole bunch of those guys between Huerta, Vezinkov, Monk, Davion Mitchell, Chris Duarte. They're all just going to eat into each other's minutes, in my opinion. The, probably the best one out of them is Malik Monk. He is a player that can put up decent stats in limited time. He's kind of more just a back-end, probably more of a 14-team league guy. But if you wanted to have any of them, I think it is Monk. Um... The rest can be left on waiver-wise. Let's talk Utah. And a bit of concern from people early about Walker Kessler. 22 minutes, 8.8 rebounds, one block. He shot 80% from the field. So did Walker Kessler things. No assists, no steals, no three attempted. Didn't get to the free-throw line, which is probably a good thing. Um, But this is going to be the Walker Kessler experience, in my opinion. The next game, he could very easily have six blocks and 13 rebounds. Um, that could be what he does. The interesting thing here to me is the 22 minutes, and he was the first player subbed in the first quarter in this game, and he wasn't in foul trouble. They went to a few minutes where they played Olenek and Larry Markkinen as the two, the power forward and the center position, which was something that I was a little bit concerned about. So when he's playing 22 minutes and... Linux playing 17, um, slight concern, slight concern. It is not anything you need to do anything about. Um, I've obviously had my issues with Walker Kessler in the preseason, and again, that kind of showed up here. But again, don't do anything reactionary. The volume or low volume uh, categories are going to have volatility. We know this, so he will be better. John Collins, this is my, uh, I guess he could be my guy. I was kind of one of the only people that were, Somewhat interested in John Collins this season. 15 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal. Shot 6 of 11 from the field. Both his free throws hit a 3. Very solid. Um, In terms of the pecking order, he was 3rd in terms of uh, shot attempts of this team behind Markkinen and Clarkson. And I think that that can continue. I think he could even creep ahead of someone like Jordan Clarkson uh, in shot attempts as well. So I think that that is a realistic kind of a line to expect from John Collins moving forward. Um, yes. Uh, Larry Markin, a 19, 10 assists and two steals. The thing here that we want to draw our attention to is the 6 of 15 from the field. Last season, he was uh, a player that obviously blew up, but the fr- field goal percentage was really, really good the first half of the season. It fell off considerably in the second half of the season, but there were also some injuries in the second half of the season. So his attempts and usage went up. With players like Clarkson back, you've added John Collins. Um, you've got Colin Sexton healthy. Um, I think that there's a risk, and I talked about him not being a second, maybe not even a third-round player. I think he's an, he was an okay third-round player in a punt assist build, but... Again, it, this re-emphasizes that I do believe that he is a potential candidate for regression this season. Jordan Clarkson did his thing. Really solid game, actually. Uh, 24 points, 6 assists, uh, hit two threes, and was 50% from the field. So he is fine to be on your team. What about Taylor Horton Tucker, who was the starting point guard for this team? We didn't really learn too much about the guard rotation because between him, 22 minutes... Um, Chris Dunn, 16 minutes. Colin Sexton, 20 minutes. Keontae George, 19 minutes. None of them are really rosterable at this stage. I think of all of them, Horton Tucker is the one you want to have because he is the starter. And this game 
whilst not a complete blowout, it wasn't close in the end. So maybe those minutes could have been higher. I just don't think... Again, he's not someone that you have to hold on to, in my opinion. I'd probably hold, and if I don't have anything better to add, you know, play it out and watch a bit more, but he's not a must-hold at this stage. Let's talk about the Derek Lively game. He was the standout rookie for this team. We'll just talk about him straight away. Derek Lively, 31 minutes, 16 points, 10 rebounds, a steal, a block, 7 of 8 from the field. And to me, I tweeted this out of all the players that are on a lot of waiver wires right now. Derek Lively, to me, is the number one priority because, and I know a lot of people are saying Jalen Johnson, and I do think he's a must-add player as well. But Derek Lively, to me, out of all the players that are on a lot of waiver wires, has the highest chance to continue to replicate this type of line night in, night out. He did not start, but started the second half, and it was clear as anything that he is the best starting or the best center to play alongside uh, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. For whatever reason, God knows, I have no idea why, but Jason Kidd started Derek Jones Jr. at small forward just because why? I don't know at all. Um, he could very well be out of the rotation next game. I think I think he hates Josh Green. I don't think he likes Josh Green because, again, Josh Green played really well. 30 points, 11 points, shot efficiently. Uh, sorry, 30 minutes, I should say. Um he should be starting. It should be it should be lively, green, Luca, Grant Williams, and Kyrie Irving. Like that should be your starting lineup. You can throw in Maxi Kleber in there as well as like your six man and have a little bit of a three man rotation between Kleber, Grant Williams, and, and Lively. But for what reason Derek Jones Jr. was out there at the start of both halves? He started the second half as well. I have no idea and I couldn't tell you why. But Derek Lively needs to be rostered. He can block shots. He's going to get rebounds. He won't be this efficient, but he will be efficient because all he's going to do is just dunk the ball, catch lobs, and roll to the rim. So if if you are looking for someone who can rebound, give you field goal percentage and blocks, he is looking like a, a must-add player in my opinion and has a chance to be a top 100 player because we've talked about the lack of center depth in drafts for fantasy drafts. This was a reason Derek Lively was such a good waiver wire because there's only so many starting centers in the NBA and he looks like he could be a good one. Uh, Kyrie and Luca did their thing. No need to really talk about them too much. The rest of the Mavs is all really pretty boring. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., 17 points, four assists, a steal, hit three threes. He's like a 14-teamer more in my opinion. Probably not really a 12. Um... But someone will need to score on this team uh, outside of Luca and Kyrie, and it might be him. Uh, the disappointing thing we saw was... J- well, Jaden Hardy didn't play. He's probable to play next game, so we'll, we'll see what uh, Hardaway's usage and minutes are when Jaden Hardy is back. Um, but Hardaway, for that reason, I don't think he's a 12-team must-add guy. He's more of a 14-team player. Let's talk about the Spurs, and we'll start with Victor Wembanyama. It was a very disappointing first half, first three quarters for him. He got it going in the last quarter there. Foul trouble was the big issue. He had five fouls in this game, and he picked them up pretty early in every quarter. So it was a bit of an anti-climax for Victor's first debut game, but in saying that, if your you know, anti-climax is 15 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block, and six of nine from the from the field and hit three threes, then bloody hell, that's a bloody good, bad game right there. So uh, as disappointing as it felt watching the game, 
statistically, it's still a really, really good performance. And how about Devin Vassell? Um, I think this guy is going to be in for a massive season. I think he is personally clearly a top 50 guy or will be a top 50 player. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. He only went 1 of 6 from 3. I think you could see that being a lot better, which makes his line um, you know, potentially look even better moving forward. I think he could have some more assists upside as well. So I really like Devin Vassell this season. Um, Zach Collins, again, another great game. 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. 6 of 10 from the field. He is clearly their starting center moving forward. He was going, he was questionable this game being sick. Played 32 minutes, obviously nothing to worry about there. Jeremy Sohan is a guy that we all got very excited about once we knew that he was starting, and he put up a good line. Uh, 13 points, 5 assists, 8 rebounds, and a steal. Poor from both the free throw line and the field, and that's going to be his thing. I don't like you. You kind of compare him to like a a Nassar Thompson or a Jaden Ivey, but obviously uh, slight differences clearly. But he is someone that has his uses, but we do expect him to have poor efficiency from the field and the free throw line, and probably some turnovers. But hit two threes, which was nice. So he is clearly a must roster player. Keldon Johnson, solid, solid game, um, efficient ish. 17 points, 7 assists. We're not going to see that a lot from Keldon, but take it while you can. 9 rebounds. So I think you can definitely have him on a 12-team roster. He's starting. He, I think, will be more efficient in a starting lineup that has players like Vassell and Wemby taking a step forward. Um, Still had the 15 field goal attempts, second only behind Devin Vassell. So I think he's still definitely useful, despite his ranking potentially not being the best. No defensive stats here, but the scoring... Probably more efficient than last season. He's not a bad rebounder either. So he definitely has some use as a back-end 12-team player. The thing that I was a little annoyed at was that Charles Bassey, despite Wemby having 23 minutes only in foul trouble, Bassey only played 13 minutes. And he is someone that we always need to keep an eye on just because of his per-minute potential. Um, but 13 minutes in that scenario is not encouraging. Trey Jones, 16 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. 5 of 7 from the field. Played really well. No defensive stats, but that can come. So even in a bench role, he's someone that you can have on your roster, definitely. His upside is capped in that bench role, but he is someone that probably needs to be on 12-team rosters. And if you did drop him, uh, I'd probably go back and add him. Uh, Hopefully you didn't drop and you at least watched a game because I think he is someone that can have use, but... His upside is probably just capped. Um, but again, any injury to anyone in the starting lineup, and I think he's the one to benefit on this team. So kind of like your Dante Melton-ish type of this season, benefits to any injury and still has some usefulness off the bench because of his assists and steals value. And he shoots efficiently from the field. Um, so Trey Jones, definitely someone you can still have. And uh, yeah, hopefully he didn't panic after the news of him not starting broke. One more game. Let's go and talk about the Portland Trailblazers and the LA Clippers. Scoot Henderson, it was it was rough, man. Like those first three quarters for him, he he really looked a bit um, overawed by the situation. Um, the last quarter, he kind of cleaned up a little bit when it was more garbage time. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good reminder. For today, both Wemby, although Wemby wasn't that bad, that rookies are going to have their highs and lows, and especially rookie guards, they're usually pretty bad in fantasy basketball to start. So I think he was like one for seven or something like that, and obviously made a few shots down the end. So 
Ended up with not as bad of a line as what it looked throughout the first three quarters. 11 points, three rebounds, four assists. Five of 11 from the field is not as bad as it was looking. Hit his only free throw. I think he will be better, but he does have some ways to go. And I think I think he would benefit with Matisse Thibault moving to the bench because the spacing out there, when you've got Scoot, Matisse, DeAndre Ayton, Jeremy Grant's not a knockdown shooter either. Like, there's not much spacing out there. So, Matisse Thibel playing 20 minutes. He got his steal. Um, Sharp played 28 minutes off the bench. I think that if I have Sharp, I am being quite patient with him because I think that during the season, at some point, they're going to make that switch and he's going to be starting there because you at least need some more shooting around Scoot to get the most out of him. I think he really struggled out there when they kind of just packed the floor and um, he couldn't really get to the rim in situations like that. So that is definitely one for us to monitor. Anthony Simons, 18 points. He hit two threes, uh, two rebounds, four assists, two steals. You're not going to see that very much from Anthony and this, this Portland Trailblazers team is bad, man. Like, they are not good. Um, speaking of bad, Dominaton dominated this game with four shot attempts. Hit 50% for four points. He did have 12 rebounds, three steals, and a block. Uh, I don't know if you can rely on the three steals there. Four field goal attempts, DeAndre. Like, really? Like, after calling yourself Dominaton in the preseason, you're going to shoot the ball four times? No free throws? Oh, this, this dude, I, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll watch it. It's one game. They got kind of pounced here, but four attempts, man. Like, come on. Do something. Um, just frustrates the hell out of me. Uh, Grant. I was kind of down on Grant. Um, 30 minutes, 13 points. It's going to be more De- uh, Detroit, Jeremy Grant, in my opinion. And with someone like a Robert Williams arriving, they did play some Aiton and Williams minutes together. That means Grant might play some more at the three, which I think limits his already really low rebounds and potentially limits some of his blocks. Something to keep an eye on, but I was not the biggest Jeremy Grant fan this season. Robert Williams had 10 points, seven rebounds, three steals and a block, five or seven from the field. That's a great Robert Williams line. It's a very typical Robert Williams line. Um... So, yeah, I think that is that is fine. We had 20 points from Malcolm Brogdon off the bench with five assists. I think you could do worse than having a Malcolm Brogdon at the back end of your roster if you want some points, assists, and threes. I don't think that he's going to be someone you have to cling on to at all times, but he is someone that could potentially be serviceable. Um, so he is someone that maybe was forgotten a lot of in the preseason. Um, so I think... You know, he, he is going to play and he is going to be useful. It might be just back-end kind of value. Um, that's pretty much it for the Portland Trailblazers. The Clippers, again, tore them to shreds. Uh, Paul George, um, great game, 27 points, three rebounds, six assists, three steals, very efficient. Same with Kawhi Leonard, hit all five of his threes, um, 23 points, five rebounds, six assists, a steal and a block. Great game for him. Zubach, 20 points, 12 rebounds, eight of 10. He dominated DeAndre. Um, yeah, just put up great numbers and four blocks as well. He looked Really quite good out there in only 26 minutes. So, again, not the most exciting player, but definitely should be on fantasy rosters. Westbrook did pretty good, actually, here. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 13 assists. No defensive stats, but efficient. Looked very energetic. I like the fact that he only take, 
took eight field goal attempts. Um, so he was the you know third guy in the starting lineup. So even took fewer attempts than than a Zubat. So if he can play that role, he is valuable in that kind of a sense. So um, that is encouraging signs to me for Russell Westbrook. The rest of this game, you can almost kind of throw out. Uh, Bones Highland put up 17 points in his 22 minutes. He is a good per minute guy, but he's a backup. So uh, Rob Covington, three steals, one block in 23 minutes. I'm not too excited. Um, remember that uh, Terrence Mann was not in this one, and I think as soon as he comes back, Covington will move to the bench. So whilst you could have him in a 14-team league, um, I don't think he is someone you need to climb over anyone to get, even if you're looking for those defensive stats. He's probably someone that we're going to be dropping later on. But it's a solid defensive stat game for a classic Rob Covington line. Well, oh my gosh. That is it, and that will do us... Well, actually, hold on. We're going to go through... Before I wrap up the podcast, I'm getting ahead of myself because this podcast has gone forever. Waiver Wire, must-add players. Derek Lively, uh, Jalen Johnson, Xavier Tillman, Kobe White, Benedict Matherin, Bruce Brown, who uh, we didn't talk too much about but looked great, played, I think, the highest minutes for the Indiana Pacers in that blowout anyway. Uh, Asar Thompson and Emmanuel quickly all are available on uh, over 25% of Yahoo leagues. Some of them available in lots of Yahoo leagues and more. These guys need to be added. Again, I would prioritize. Now, they all give you different things. I would prioritize those top four over. Well, actually, all of these guys need to be added personally. Um, They're all going to be very useful. They have different strengths. Um, So, again, Figure out what your team needs. Figure out who you can drop. But all of these players need to be on every single roster at the moment in 12-team leagues and probably 10-team team. 10-team leagues as well. These players on the screen here, Max Struess, Cam Thomas, Cole Anthony, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, Jonathan Kaminga, Denny Avdia, and Gordon Haywood are maybe ads. Um, I think you could have a look at them in most situations. They probably should be on someone's roster. It may not necessarily be yours, but if you can use what they provide, I think that they are worthy of being kind of your top 120, top 130 type value at this stage. And we at least wait and see on some of them like Kuminga, who we didn't talk big about today, but closed for the Golden State Warriors over and Andrew Wiggins yesterday had some foul trouble in the first half. I still don't know how it's going to look when they're all healthy and Draymond's back, but it was at least encouraging for owners that he started Oh, sorry, he finished the game with the starters um, for him and everyone else we spoke about today. And droppable players. Again, there's probably more I could add to this list, but just to name a few, Kevin Huerta, Al Horford, Patrick Williams, Quinton Grimes, Bilal, Bulabali, not Bulabali, Kulabali. Um, uh, Bilal Kulabali is someone you can potentially drop as well. Talon Horton Tucker, um... Again, droppable, don't have to drop them. You can watch and wait them, but I don't think that their upside necessitates you hold on to them in case there's someone better on your waiver wire. And Gary Trent Jr., the same thing. Again, holdable if you need what he does and there's nothing better out there, but I wouldn't hesitate dropping these players for the players on the must-add list over here. So... That will uh, that will do it for us, guys. Nearly a one-and-a-half-hour podcast for the first big slate of NBA games this season. Let me know down in the comments, how did your fantasy basketball season start? Are you off to a good start? Are you looking good in your first week matchup? Remember, guys, be patient. It is a marathon, not a sprint. And remember as well, 
to like the video, to subscribe. Uh, Go and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you can as well. And I will see you guys next time to talk more fantasy hoops. See you later. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.